What's happening, everybody, and welcome back to the Funky Brain Podcast. My name is Dennis, and this is my funky brain. I have it under control now, now though. We were talking about that before the show, and uh, my funky brain is good now that I have a little more control over it. It's a daily grind, I would say. Our guests today are very well-known, accomplished authors, philanthropists, and visionaries, selling millions of books and developing systems and processes to make our lives happier and more productive. And who doesn't love that, right? And I'm really excited to have them on today to talk about life a little bit and their latest ventures, including the book they co-wrote together, Ask, The Bridge from Your Dreams to Your Destiny. Mr. Mark Victor Hansen and Mrs. Crystal Dwyer Hansen. How are you doing today? We are awesome. Thank you, Dennis. We're so happy to be here with you today. More than wonderful. And we like the fact, the fact that you want to have a funky brain, which in my mind means that you're a polymath, which means that you've got variegated interests and you want to grow and become and develop and be all you can be, do all you can do and have all you can have. Wow. I've never heard it described that way. I love that. <laughs> well, by the way, you can you can quote yeah. me or, or steal it either way, because what we do is we're, we're saying that asking, you know, you don't get what you want in life, you get what you ask for. And asking causes illumination, revelation, insight, growth, development. And that's why we wrote the book. I love that. Yeah, because a lot of people assume we know everything or we, if you don't know something and you don't ask, you're never going to know. That's exactly right. Yeah, so this is really great. I'm, I'm super excited. So now that we've uh, survived 2020, how is 2021 going for you so far? We think we're going into the most extraordinary time ever. I mean, like, I'll push somebody else's stuff just once. And Elon Musk is one of my heroes at a lot of levels. If you watch his 2021 prediction, uh, predictions, I've written my own 10 predictions, which we can talk about, but he's predicting into 2021. And he's going to put up 40,000 internet satellites. Where then today, uh, Tim Berners-Lee, the guy who invented the internet, is going to have a structural internet that's free and open space. So we're no longer owned by Google and Apple and, and Facebook and that. So we're going into a, an interesting time where it's a juxtaposition because when I was in graduate school with Dr. Buckminster Fuller, Einstein's best student, Bucky, I always said technology is the first thing that can cause fundamental abundance. Christ saw it 2,000 years ago and said in John 10, 10, you might have life and have more abundantly. But we're going into a time of fundamental abundance that's going to take care of the 4 billion people that have not been in the equation yet. I really love that. I, I, I agree. I think, well, and first of all, I think that we are already in that abundance. I think that, um, we, you know, we complain a lot. And this is definitely a challenging time with the the virus and you know some other stuff but um it's there's no better time to be alive the opportunities and the, the abundant world that we live in is incredible like you think back a hundred years ago when they had the pandemic 50 million people died and they didn't have iphones and facebook they were like we probably shouldn't go outside today we're we might die so i mean things are actually quite going oh, they're going pretty well and i think that if we spend more time in gratitude then uh, i think that we would enjoy our time a little more we, we've had so many struggles in 2020. I think it's made all of us dig a little deeper and figure out what's important and, and honestly cherish the things that matter, our families, our freedom, our ability just to get up every day and go do our work and do our thing and to connect with each other. I mean, I got a, you know, I, a memory came up where exactly a year ago, you know, on this day that I saw it, it was, it was I think in December, um, we were at this 
Phoenix Suns Trailblazers game and, and this packed audience cheering, we're on the floor. And I looked at that and I'm like, oh my gosh, it almost brought tears to my eyes because I thought we, I didn't appreciate enough those experiences of being shoulder to shoulder with everybody screaming for something fun and, and cheering our teams on and stuff. And, you know, we're going to get that back. We will get, that's all going to come back, but I think we'll come back from this a lot more appreciative. And while, you know, everything seems so absolutely insane with politics, the whole country, even the world is really sort of bifurcated. I mean, polarized, there are things that are happening that are going to transcend all pol politics. It's interesting because politicians all feel like they're all so powerful, but there are things that just will, are going to rise up. There are a lot of good people in this world doing a lot of good things. Um, you know, Elon Musk is putting 40,000 satellites in the sky. So he's going to have a completely open free internet that nobody can centralize or control, you know? So all of these people, little factions who start to try to control people and hurt them in and take their information and use it for their own and steal it, you know, all this stuff, it's going to just free us all in so many ways to, to be good. It, it, it creates oper equal opportunity for everyone around the world. All of us should have great abundant lives. And so we need to focus on that. So we need to be good to each other and kind to each other, like reach out to our neighbors and realize how blessed we are to live in this, not just this beautiful country, but this beautiful world. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I love that. And that's such an optimistic, positive view. And I think that um, a lot of us are missing that. And, you know, something I wanted to share last year when we went into the pan, when we went into quarantine and that was in March. And then, you know, there was a, it was like crazy. The roads were empty. Everything was empty. And I, you know, in my opinion, it was like God, whatever God is, said, you know what, you guys, you need to calm down. Yeah, I, I think all of this is God's way of being like, you know, you guys got too big, too fast, too entitled, and you lost track and forgot how to love each other. And I was like, and I think he's like, you know, you guys need to calm down a little bit. And this is it. But then you know what, a few months later, the roads back opened back up. And there was already people driving and giving people the finger and angry. And I, I think I, you know, you said, I hope that we come out of this happier and more positive. And I hope we do. And I, I hope people learn whatever lesson it is we're supposed to learn from this. Exactly. exactly. And so our focus for 2020 is just, um, oh, sorry, 2021. Is to, um, and that's why we're so excited about this book. We feel like honestly, God inspired us to write it at this very time. I mean, it re we released it in the middle of a pandemic. I think a lot of books were being pushed back till late, late in the year. And our publisher said, you know, Let's go forward with it. We all felt this, this um, understanding that the timing of this book was perfect. And sure enough, we're getting, you know, we've gotten hundreds of letters that have said, this has given me my hope back. It's given me a whole different perspective because this is the time where we need to sit down with ourselves and ask the right questions because there is nothing, no mechanism that has the ability to reveal what is hidden like asking. And so if you don't learn to become what we call an a, a master asker, you won't be able to see or understand the next steps in your life. You won't be able to understand where you've been and where you're going. And so this book takes you through that process with, you know, beautiful stories and lessons. And um, we're just super excited about it. Yeah, I love that. A lot of my um, listeners, they have their own struggles. And I, I talk about sobriety and recovery a lot and just life's problems. Because when we see successful people like you and, you know, we're successful, living happy lives, smiling, 
but there's always bumps in the road. And I like people to hear that, that it's not always rainbows and unicorns. So what are some things and some challenges that you've had to overcome to get you to where you are? Um, by the way, there's nobody that has a vertical uh, lift off. It just doesn't happen. And that's number one. I want to go back to your um, sobriety because everybody's got that somewhere in their family tree or themselves. Everybody's addicted. And the choice here is you ask yourself, do I want to be positively addicted or negatively addicted? That's the point. But back in 1974, I'd been in graduate school, the smartest guy on the planet. I thought I was I was, the real term is sophomoric. That means I thought I knew everything. And I know you'd never had that problem probably, but I sure did. No, I, I bankrupt a company for $2 million like that. Go bankrupt so fast. I check a book of lottery. How to go bankrupt by yourself. I'm telling you, I was in the pits. So I'm sleeping in front of another guy's room for six months. I'm feeling despondent, disconsolate, totally depressed. Like a lot of people are out in this cocoon that has been imposed on all of us. And, and I'm going, oh, my God, I should kill myself because my self-worth and my net worth, I thought were the same. I know better now. But all of a sudden, because I was, you know, what we're teaching in the book, Ask Book is ask yourself, ask others, and ask God. I asked myself, well, what do I want to do? And all of a sudden, it came to me clear. I wanted to talk to people that care about things that matter that would make a life-changing difference. I go to my three roommates. I mean, I built in New York, the Wall Street Racket Club, Botanical Gardens, Aviary. So I, I, was a, I thought I was a hot shot, forgive me. Uh, it, it, it leveled me and took my knees real quick. But I asked my three roommates, do you know anyone that's young, that's not a cotton top and not a doctor, not a lawyer, not a Broadway star, not a celebrity, making money speaking? And I said, yeah, yeah, there's a kid out in Hawpaw, Long Island, New York. He's older than you, but you'll, you'll get it. And here, By the way, here's a ticket. That was a miracle. I needed it. I wanted it. I asked God for it. And God said, here's what you can go do. I get a ticket. I go watch this guy mesmerize the audience for three hours. I go up to him at the end and I ask. I say, Chip Collins was his name. Great friend of mine, ultimately. But I said, will you teach me how to do what you do? I really want to do this. He said, look, kid, the chance you make it is one in a thousand. You ain't going to make it. Go do some real job. I said, no, no, no. I want this. I'll buy your lunch. Just tell me how to do it. He said, I'll tell you how to do it. But you stay out of real estate. I own it in the five boroughs here in New York. You go do life insurance. So I did a thousand talks a year the first three years, but people kept coming up, Dennis, and saying that because I, I love telling stories. My mother was a phenomenal storyteller, and I sort of got that and studied it. Said so you have it in a book. So the first book I did was Stand Up, Speak Out, and Win. And I sold it to little audiences of five or six. Now remember, this is when interest rate is 22%. Every business is sucking eggs and going down. And I said, This isn't a New York Times bestseller. It's not a national bestseller, but it's my bestseller. And I want to sign to you and your sweetheart and your dog and your cat. Whoever you'll let me sign to is only $10 and you'll love it and it'll change your life. I sold 20,000 copies at $10 each. I tripled my income, made two, over $200,000 selling a book, all cash. It was a wonderful business. And I, I was launched. I was, and I was addicted positively to something that helped everyone as far as I could tell. And at $10 to change your life is a pretty small investment. Just like right now, $16 to get this book, really small investment. And what we're doing is people are saying, I'm buying three, one for me, one for my partner. So we go through every question. And the third one to give the library because the libraries are bankrupting now and somebody has got to help them. And, and I, I, I love libraries. I don't know where you're at with libraries, but I get goosebumps telling you what I just told you. Wow. Yeah, that's an awesome inspiring story. I'm sure you have one too, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I think one of my most challenging times was a, a time when I was very young. I was one of those kids who um, <laughs> found high school to be really easy. And so I just decided to accelerate my curriculum. 
<laughs> wait, wait, I'm not that smart. I decided to accelerate my curriculum, graduated age 16, and I married my boyfriend who was five years older. Not the greatest life plan, right? So two and a half years later, I find myself alone, divorced, um, baby on my hip, no family friends in a new city, and honestly, absolutely no idea of how I was going to support myself or what to do next. So the only thing I could think of was to apply for food stamps. I'd heard about it, right? So I did that. And I remembered standing there at the grocery store the first time when I was going to exchange my food stamps for diapers and food. And I suddenly got this epiphany that was so, it, it was honestly like a light was shining on my head. And this question dropped into my mind. And the first question, it was a two questions. How did I get here? Followed by, are you doing everything you can to get out of this situation or are you taking the easy way out? And honestly, Dennis, the second my mind asked that question, I knew the answer. I knew I wasn't doing everything I could. I knew I was taking the easy way out. I knew there was something more I could do. I didn't know what it was, but like it just made me have this soul pivot, this sort of emotional mental pivot. And when I, by the time I was literally handing over, it happened so fast, but it was like time slowed down. By the time I handed her those coupon, the, you know, food stamps, I was saying this will not be my future. And I felt so much conviction with that. So I went home to my little apartment where I was getting eviction notices every single month. And I kept asking questions because I didn't have any answers, but I had questions. That's all I had. And so I was like, who would hire me tomorrow? How can I get a job? What skills do I have? And I had heard it. I remembered when I started asking myself that I remember hearing on the radio about these temp service agencies, Kelly girls kind of thing where, you know, you do these temporary jobs. And so I called them and I said, can I apply? How do I do it? And, um, they said, just fill out the paperwork, put down your job experience. Fortunately, I had worked at my dad's law offices when I was in high school and I worked at um, a clothing store and I worked, I started working when I was 14 at taco time. You know, I liked the idea of being like independent. And so I had to say that I was 15 when I was <laughs> the state of Idaho, but anyhow, so I had a little bit of experience and very soon they were calling me and giving me, you know, they call you and say, do you want this job? You say, yes or no. It's two weeks. It's, it's four days, whatever you want. So started doing some great jobs. I registered, I realized there were three temporary service agencies I could register for. So I did all of them. So I would have a constant stream of jobs I could say yes or no to. I started working in attorney's offices at conventions, doing sales that were coming through town. I worked at the mall, setting up booths and things like that. And I started learning a lot about myself, you know, and I learned that I really love business. I loved working with people and doing things and trying to be creative and come up with ideas. And I especially love sales that interaction, you know, so I decided to put myself through real estate school. In the meantime, someone had approached me and said, you should do some modeling. So I thought, what do I have to lose? I'll go ask the agency, the biggest agency in town to sign me. And fortunately they said, yes, I ended up doing some television commercials that went national. So literally a little more than a year and a half after that moment where I was turning over my food stamps, um, and sliding in this downward slide, I now am working for the biggest home builder in our valley. And I became the number one salesperson at our company. And I'm also making residual income from Screen Actors Guild, which I had to join because once you book a certain amount of res residual income, they make you do it. Um, so I was getting like the best insurance benefits for myself and my son. And so to look back on that, which I did often, it was like, wow, I'm so thankful 
because it was so easy. I mean, I was just like on that precipice. It's like I could have easily just slid downward into my depression, into my victimization. I had all the reasons like I'm this young mother. I can't do this. I have. But I'm so thankful I asked the questions, the question that the challenging questions, you know, because I, you know, was I doing all that I could or was I taking the easy way out? And I think um, also having the courage to answer those questions when we pose them to ourselves, we need to be able to do that. We need to be able to answer them honestly and truthfully, because that will change everything. It will change everything. And I'm so thankful for that pivotal moment in my life. And what we found in the book is so many people have those pivotal moments when you know how to ask the right questions at the right time in the right way. Yeah, and I think there needs to be that willingness too. And in my book, I talk about um, the how approach, what I came up with. So how do I become successful? How do I become happy? How do I have good relationships? And how is it honesty, open-mindedness and willingness? And, you know, I think it's like hitting that bottom, that place in our lives where we need to say, something like you just said, am I doing everything I can or am I looking for the easy way out? And I think a lot of people are, you know, as humans, we want to get the most out of life with the least amount of effort until there's enough pain. And then I'm willing to do something different to get different results. And so I love your, your book that ask, I think it's really incredible. Thank you. Thank you. It's changing lives and that's what we wanted. And I'm just so thankful. The concept is so powerful but it's so important. It's something, something we all have inside of us. And, and we can talk about that more. I mean, as children, we were all born with this. I drank beautiful- too much coffee. I'll be right back, but she'll finish oh. that. I'll be back in a minute. <laughs> so anyhow, you know, as children, we were all born with this incredible ability, right? We come into this world so perfect, so uncorrupted in our ability to ask for anything. We want to, you know, know who, what, when, where, why, how we want to know everything. We're infinitely curious And we also are not afraid to ask for more, 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 right? Because that's like our little perfect human spirit wanting to evolve, wanting to get everything we can in this beautiful life and experience it. And then over time, depending on how we were parented or, you know, what happened at school, teachers shut us down. Our parents said enough, stop asking me. I'm sick of it. You know, all these things, we go to work, we get rejected at our work. No one cares about our opinion. Don't ask, just do what you're told. And over time, just basic life rejection starts to shut us down and it crushes that beautiful asking spirit out of us. And so what Mark and I want to do is bring that back to life, make it come alive again. Yeah, I, I often say is like our goal really is to go back to being a child. We, I have a story that I tell and I, I wrote it in my book too, but I talked about my little niece and I wasn't around kids for a really long time because I was messed up when I was younger. But the first time I babysat her and she was like, I, I think she was about two or something. But my sister, her, her mom said, don't let her eat before dinner because otherwise it'll mess her appetite up. So she was laughing in the living room. She was like, ha, 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 you know, cracking up just that, that child laughter, you know. And, and I think she was watching something on TV. And then she walked into the kitchen where I was and she wanted a Twizzlers. And I said, No. And she went from hysterically laughing to hysterically crying like that, like (laughs) face and tears and screaming. And I was like, well, I don't want that. So I gave her a Twizzlers. Right. And so she turned around and she started laughing again and walked away. Just that that freedom to express how you feel. We don't do that anymore because we're all worried about like our 401k plans or what people think about us. You know, do I look okay? Do I make enough? Am I am I good enough? 
you know, and yeah. then we carry that out into the world and it crushes our dreams and our, our happiness. It, it does. And, you know, we, all of a sudden we find ourselves as adults, like afraid to ask, afraid of rejection, terrified of rejection, and also afraid to not have every answer. So, so, you know, it's just so sad. So we just shut down. We stop inquiring. We stop asking. And in fact, Mark and I talk about in the, in the book, the seven roadblocks to asking. And um, what we discovered, Dennis, is that every single person has at least one of those roadblocks, if not more. And um, I think those are really important to go through because when you start to look at it, you start to identify it in yourself. I mean, we've had so many people go, Oh my gosh, that's me. You know, I do that. Yeah. I think we all do. We all have our robot. It's a, it's the awareness, I think. Yeah. And that, and the humility, right. To say, all right, I don't know everything. Maybe I need to ask somebody for help. Yeah. Do you want to go through the roadblocks? Cause I think they're important to at least a few of them. Yeah, I, please. Yeah. The first one is unworthiness. And I think so many of us can relate to that, right? It's that feeling. It's kind of the childhood conditioning that is always telling us at some subtle level, we don't deserve better. You know, we don't deserve more. We're just not quite good enough. And so we just hold back. It's that unworthiness that really shuts us down from so many things. And the next one that I think is really important for people to consider is naivete. Naivete is a huge roadblock in asking. So I, we tell this story in the book about when my daughters were very young, I had my girls 16 months apart, right? It was crazy at our house. Plus my son's a little older. So we hired this beautiful Filipina woman who would come every day and she would, oh, she loved my children. I just love her so much. It's just, we, she was like family, but she would make these amazing, you know, dinners, dishes from her homeland. And we were all having so much fun. One day, she, one morning she shows up with this fruit and she slices it up on a plate and hands it to me. And it's this juicy orange fruit. And I taste it. I go, Melda, this is the best fruit I've ever had. What is this? And she goes, it's a mango. And I go, a mango? How come I've never had a mango before? I've like traveled all over Europe. I felt like I was like a really worldly person, right? But I never had a mango. And um, I go, where did you get this? She goes, I, I'm thinking she imported it. And she goes, I got it at the grocery store. And I'm thinking, how dumb am I? Like, how naive am I? How did I not know that every day at the grocery store, I'm just passing this by? But it, it made me think, what else am I missing in life, right? What am I passing every day because I just don't even know that it's there. I'm naive. I'm a girl who grew up in Idaho where there are a lot of potatoes, but no mangoes, right? So I didn't even know to look for them. And what people am I passing by that could be my next best advocate, friend, business partner, just someone that maybe I need to support, right? Or a great opportunity to do something different, do something bigger, make a difference in this world. And I think we all walk past these opportunities every day um, because we're naive. And so we're missing the juiciest parts of life sometimes. So it's, the, again, the naive part that is the naive roadblock is all about opening up and being that beautiful, curious person that we all were as children again. Mm, I love that. Something I learned too uh, from, a, from an old recovery speaker, but he was like, once you find out like there's stuff like that or, or that I was wrong about something. It's like, what else can I, what else am I wrong about? Let's figure it out so I can throw it away and get, and fix it. That's why she calls it mind excavation. And when you start asking these questions, and like I said before, I had to step away for a second, when two people come together, they have the power of 11, if 
they go deep and ask the questions of, you know, what do you want to be? What do you want to do? What do you want to have? Where do you want to go? How big do you want to make it? Because every one of us has more potential, like she was saying, 18 billion brain cells that can't come to work until you ASK to GET, and then you make the decision, and then your subconscious, back to what you said about how, I believe, you know, when you start writing these things down, like when I was divorced and upside down for a long time, I wrote down 267 things I needed in my ideal wife, all the values, the qualities, the virtues, and all that, all of which everybody in recovery needs to do. And all of us are always in recovery at some level, it seems to me, in restoration and rebuilding and resurrection, any kind of terms you want to use. But when I met her, I never told her until after we got married. She was 267 out of 267 because we had to have the same values. We had to want to travel the world because now the last year has been pretty much cloistered, although we traveled a lot more than most people, you know, but we had to have all those kind of things together and it just, it really works out. And everyone can do that because God only gave each of us two things. One is the ability to ask. And number two is imagination. Nobody in the animal kingdom, no other species in the animal kingdom, at least on this planet, have any, have anything, uh, those two values that are so valuable. Sorry. Mm. I love that stuff, man. This is great. What other um, roadblocks are there? Doubt is what I call the gray zone. You know, a few things haven't worked out in your life. So, you know, these people who just live in this constant state of gray zone doubt, like, oh, no, I doubt. I doubt that's going to work out. I doubt it. Doubt, 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 doubt. You know, it just sinks, it creeps in like gray clouds and never goes away. And you really need to recognize it. The next one is excuses. And that's really, I think a lot about like stubborn pride. Like, you know, I don't need to do that right now. I, I, I don't need to ask for help. I got this, you know, why don't, why don't you ask someone or why don't you, can I help you? Or no, 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 I've, I've got to figure it out, you know? And you know, those people who will never ask for anything and they just keep going the wrong way or tripping themselves up. And still it kills them. They won't ask for help. It's so sad. Um, the next one is fear. And that's just that sheer terror of rejection. And I think it's because we all as human beings need love. I mean, we need love. We were wired for love, right? It's the most important thing. It's, it's critical to survival. And so we feel like if, you know, someone rejects us, we've, we've somehow lost love or lost approval and it feels so devastating. But we, what we teach people in the book is that, you know, when someone says no to you, if you ask for whatever it is, advice, information, help, whatever it is, when someone says no to you, it's not because it has so much more to do with them. It has really almost nothing to do with you. It has to do with, with what's going on inside of them. You know, maybe they've had a horrible day. Maybe they just don't have the resources inside or they just can't do it at that time. You cannot personalize anything that somebody else says or does. You just keep going with your own journey. And there's so many great stories we can talk about in the book. And I'd love to do that. Um, the next one is pattern paralysis, where it's like, we start doing something in a certain way. We have our little pattern that we get stuck in. And, you know, you, you did it last week, last month and last year, and you're going to do the same thing next week, next month and next year. But is it working? No. Are you stopping to ask if it's working? Are you stopping to ask what is working, what isn't working, why and what, what's working, what's up? You know, all these things. We just keep rolling along in the pattern. So we say, stop, get off that merry-go-round or roller coaster or whatever you want to call it. Start asking the right questions get out of your pattern paralysis. And then the final one is disconnection. And I think for, for me personally, that is one of the saddest ones of all dentists, because 
you know, that's when we start to disconnect from the dreams in our own hearts. And that's that state of hopelessness, loneliness, you know, just uh, right now that's happening a lot because of what's happened in COVID. And so we're saying to everybody, you know, that's why the, the uh, subtitle to our book is the bridge from your dreams to your destiny, because it's so important to reconnect. Don't be disconnected from those dreams. Don't be afraid of them. Reconnect to those dreams in your heart and start asking the way forward because that is what is going to start you over that bridge again to your destiny. Is our book is asking, your book is how, basically, if you don't mind, two, three letter words. The point is, it would seem to uh, seem to me now, and I've never said this before, that we could get a lot of people out of drunkenness of, of, and into sobriety if they ask, how do I do it? So we put these two together. And then what is my destiny that's going to be so magnificent, so compelling, so absolutely profoundly irresistible that I'll give up booze or I'll give up drugs or I'll give up being a sex addict or whatever the addiction is. There's 12 major addictions, as you know, but or at least that's what I'm told. So, um, you know, and, and make the addiction delivering your destiny. For us, our destiny is you know, to inspire all of humanity to learn how to ask to get all the good they want out of it and fulfill their destiny. Because if everyone is fulfilling their destiny, there's more than enough for all of us. It's like when I was a student ambassador to India, you know, Gandhi's great line, it was in Marble on the Wall, said, there's enough for everybody's need, but not enough for anyone's greed. That's the truth, too. And I had an old mentor, and he said to me, well, he's, he's like, it's okay, this fits into your... Uh, your book but it's like it's okay not to know as long as you know that you don't know you know yeah. and if you walk around like you know or that yeah you know, and what you were just talking about too is like that that pattern of paralysis i love that and it's so true and it's like is that whatever you're doing it might not be working or did it ever work in the first place and it may have once worked but now it doesn't work anymore so we need to constantly evolve and i think people get stuck that way we say there are the three, the three channels through which to ask. And those are ask yourself, ask others and ask God. And so it starts with that asking yourself part first, right? Sitting down with yourself. And we say there are three critical phases to that ask yourself part, which is phase one is where am I now? You cannot figure out where to go unless you understand where you are now, right? Is this working? Am I happy? All the little sub questions that come up, come under, where am I right now? Let me be honest. What's working? What do I like? What do I not like? Am I feeling for my dreams? Do I feel empty? Second phase is where do I want to be? You know, this is the phase where what Mark was talking about comes in, where we start to really, Mark and I say, bring the imagination in. When you ask these questions, where do I want to be? You want to do it from the nth degree of your greatest place. Okay. So imagine your greatest place in your career or your greatest place in your relationships or your greatest place in your health and wellness, your greatest nth degree of greatness in your life purpose. Start there and then start asking the questions backwards to reverse engineer it. Like in this greatest place of my greatness in my career, who am I talking to every day? How many clients do I have? What are the products and services that I'm bringing to them that they love the most? How, how are they responding to those and why? Why is it that they like those so much? And what am I doing specifically that, that is making a difference in their life? And what's who is important in my life every day? You know, all of these things in that way, you start with your ideal scenario and engineer your perfect life backwards. 
-hmm. And then the final critical phase of the asking yourself part is where am I now? Where do I want to be? What specific action do I need to take to get there? Because this life takes action, guys. You, you know, we're in a physical plane. Like you know, we have to do the inner work. We have to get to that place where we know what it is. But then we need to take the asking journey and put it into action because as you start to get these illuminations that come to you that will come when you're asking the right questions, the solutions will come, then you need to act on it. That person you thought of who you didn't haven't thought of in forever, call them right then. You know, it's an answer or that thing that showed up that you go, oh, that would be the perfect solution for my business. Find out, pick up the phone, make, do the email, do whatever it takes, keep moving forward. Do multiple steps every day, action steps. Keep your journey moving forward. Yeah, I love that. Such a short, awesome sentence you said is life takes action. And like all this stuff doesn't happen by itself. When you see a lot of people get really angry and upset because they see these successful people, but they didn't see the work that it took to get them there. And then they go into self-pity and why, oh, they must have gotten lucky or something like that. And that happens too. But on, for the most part, we work, you know, and if you set your life up to where you enjoy what you're doing, it isn't always work. No, my, my teacher in speech, Gabbert Roberts, said it in his Southern accent from Mississippi, he said, it ain't work. It's not work. It ain't work if you love it. And, and I love writing so much that when we did the chicken soup series, I, I wrote down, we'd sell a million and a half in a year and a half the first year and then 5 million and then 10 million. And then, you know, ultimately we'd say where we are now is over a half billion. And when we took the publishers, 144 publishers turned us down because it was so august, so different, so beyond their reach. But we are in a time because you got impossible. And what we were talking about before we began is that I am making everything possible. And that's what every one of us got to do is we got to hyphenate the I add an A and say, I am making it possible. Meaning that, you know, we couldn't have done the stuff we did before the internet. We couldn't have, have even known how to cure this disease with stuff like ivermectin and all that kind of stuff. We couldn't know until we start to ask. And we're talking ask with all capital letters and an exclamation mark in our book, because we're saying every one of us is here to ask for our destiny. This is the first time that humanity had that before everyone was a job slave, which and, and I say a job means you're just over broke. And I'm saying you should have a real MBA, a millionaire's bank account. And then we're saying you should ask yourself, how do I have forever money? And every one of us can create that. And I'll just give some little examples. I met the dentist who created dental floss. There's none of us that haven't seen it. You know, they say, just floss the teeth you want to keep. <laughs> but he makes $2 billion a year with dental floss. And you've had a string in your hand, Dennis. I don't want to be sure, but three years old, four years old, you've had a string, right? And you learn you got to pull it and not push it. It doesn't work pushing it, right? Little things like that. And every one of us is, is, is can ask themselves, how do I become an entrepreneur now? Because 50 million people that are listening, some good part of them don't have a job, can't get a job or unhappy in their job. So I define an entrepreneur, finds a problem and there's a lot of problems, fixes a problem, scales it, and it makes a vast profit because if you're going to make a profit, make a vast one because the size of your thinking, one of my cliches, it determines the size of your result. So if you do a little thing, well, I just want to get a job and get paid. Not a good program this time in history. <laughs> no, and I've done that program too. And I, I don't think it's for everybody. Not everybody's the risk taker, but I am. But And then also we need to remember, like, I've paid the price for taking the road less traveled. I've had great success and great failures. You know, I love what Wayne Dyer said, you know, none of us fail at anything. All we do is produce results. So what do you do with the results that you produce? 
It's like, so you were a real estate agent. If, a, if you were selling a house and the deal falls through, are you a real estate failure? No. So you, next month you sell a house and now you're a success. So it's the same thing in life. And, you know, one thing I like to point out is like, because we talk about ideals a lot, like everything we're talking about, the, the seven blockages and all these things that we talk about here are awesome ideals. They're really hard to live up to 24 hours a day. And we're all just doing the best that we can. But as long as we're making steps in the right direction, we're going to get to where we want to be consistently. Right. Ooh, that's such a good point. And that's why, you know, it's Dennis, it is a practice living a great successful life. Isn't you figure it out and you're done. I mean, it's a practice. And I know, you know, this Mark and I have to practice it every day and people who are successful have to practice every day. We start the first hour of our day in prayer and meditation and this session where we ask each other the questions, are we on track? You know, um, first of all, we give thanks, you know, to God for everything we have, because first you need to acknowledge the, the beauty of your life. Okay. We all have so much beauty in our lives that we are failing most often to, to, to appreciate or to notice. And the thing about it is, is we are magnets for our own lives. So when you stop to have those gratitude moments or gratitude sessions or be grateful throughout the day, you become a magnet for more great things. Because if you don't do that, think about it, um, no matter how much good you get in your life, you'll never recognize it. You'll never appreciate it. If you don't appreciate the good you have now, it can get better and better and better and you'll never get it. You'll just still be looking for what's next. So that appreciation, that quiet time you spend with yourself in the morning or whenever like we do, that, that gratitude time with God, with yourself, you know, what, however you think of God. Um, and then asking those questions, you know, are you on, are we on track? Are we expressing our best? You know, um, are we, what is important? What is our priority priority today, this week? Have we accomplished the things that we set out to accomplish? You have to check in with yourself all the time. You can't just be random because if you're just random, life's just going to happen to you. Another important piece, and I love that you two do that together, is yeah. uh, there's accountability. Yeah. You know, and I think um, everybody, we all need accountability in our lives. We can have the greatest intention, the biggest <laughs> goals and dreams, but if there's no accountability, they rarely get done, at least at a high level. That's true. And back when I started teaching goal setting, and now we're asking, what are your goals? And if you don't have any goals, your goal is to set minimum 101 goals. And you never cross them out. Like I got the milk, I got the eggs, I got the butter. You write down in purple, God's highest color and uh, purple victory next to it. Because all of us back to what you said a minute ago, have pulsations. The big word is the vicissitudes of life will get you. Yeah. The crap's going to hit the fan, pal. And you better, you better plan on it. And, and, and you want it in every level, just so you really do ask yourself, how am I going to be the person I want to be? How am I going to do what I can do and have all that I want to have? So I fulfill my life and then I have it so well that I can be philanthropic to help other people that can't help themselves. And there are a lot of those people like we're, Co-chairs of, of Child Help, which has helped 10 and a half million kids in the last 60 years get out of abuse, neglect, and sex trafficking. You know, and you say, well, why do you do that? Well, we could not. When these two little ladies that started this that are 84 years old asked us to help, you know, it, 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 we're, we're busy. Make no mistake about it. We're, we've got a lot of stuff going. We own a couple of companies, and, and we love our employees and our helpers and our fans and our friends. 
But we want everyone to, to come to new levels of freedom. And the only way to do that is you free yourself by learning this one technique that's been around since the education began with Socrates, if you believe that's when real education started, which I sort of do. You know, you learn how to be a master asker, which is what we're saying to everyone, get a copy of our Ask book at Amazon and then go to askthebookclub.com and we're going to teach you how to become a master asker. Awesome. I love that. And so, yeah, so let's uh, piggyback on that. How do we get in touch with you if, uh, if people want to talk to you, buy your book or ask questions or whatever? Right. Yeah, no, we love connecting with people. So please reach out. We're on, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, all the above. I'm Crystal Dwyer Hansen, Mark Victor Hansen, of course. And so reach out. I love to answer messages and, and I try to connect as much as I can. We really do. We love staying in touch. Um, and then please do, when you get the book, make sure you go to askthebookclub.com. Get the book on Amazon, then go to Ask the Book Club and join our, our book club because we're going to be doing this really cool event. We want everybody to understand, and it's going to be a free event, like how to put this into practice and really feel the support of a community. So um, we're super excited about that. Yeah, I'm super excited too. Thank you so much for coming on the Funky Brain Podcast today. I really appreciate it. Oh, welcome. Love being here with you. Thank you everybody for tuning in to the Funky Brain Podcast. I appreciate it. I hope you learned something new. I sure did. And have a beautiful day today. Talk to you soon. So you can't think your way into a new way of acting. You have to act your way into a new way of thinking and being. Hi, I'm Dennis Berry, best-selling author, speaker, and life coach for addiction recovery. So many people are stuck in their addiction, whether it's like drugs or alcohol or food or shopping or sex or money, and they think they could just stop or try to figure it out on their own, but they don't change anything in their lives. Nothing changes if nothing changes. In order for change to happen, you have to change something. My clients will be like, oh, I'll stop tomorrow, or if this happens, then I stop, or someday I'll just give it up. And then they just sit around and think, 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 and hope for different or better results, but it doesn't happen. You have to take action. Action most people aren't willing to take. People don't become willing until they're in enough pain, me included. And unfortunately, they wait, and they wait and time passes by. Even if you are willing, you don't even know where to begin. And that's where I come in. In my best-selling book, Funky Wisdom, A Practical Guide to Life, I talk about the how approach. How do I get sober? How do I stop doing drugs? How do I become healthier? How do I have more successful relationships? How do I become more financially successful? And the answer is how. Honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. I have to honestly admit that there's a problem. I have to honestly admit that things aren't going well and there needs to be changes. And then once I do that, the door opens and I become open to seeing new ways of living. And then I become willing to make those changes. You can't solve a problem with the same mind that created it. That's why I'm here to help. And you know, I've been working with clients for over 15 years and helping them get clean and sober and change their lives and achieve inner peace and success. If you or somebody you love is struggling and doesn't know where to begin and how to make those changes to get to where they need to be, give me a call. Not tomorrow or in a week from now when you're hungover and your life is falling apart. Call now. Start making that change today and you'll be glad that you did. I'm sending you love and good vibes. Have a great day today.